Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Hey, friend, it is Angie Austin with the good news. Uh, We've got the uh, God Squad here, my good news team. Uh, Producer Dave is here, as usual. My friend Eric Raymer, radio personality, PR guy. And uh, also, uh, we've got Donna, Beatrice, Barbara, and Lupe. Uh, We've been here together all week, so it's been a real blessing to have everyone. It's really fun to have a big group full of, uh, you know, friends uh, on the radio with us. And we want to inspire you with some good news. So yesterday, we got carried away with chit-chatting, and we didn't get to share this really cool story for you. So today, I'm going to start with the good news, and then we'll have our discussion Uh, You know, I have a real heart for differently abled employees like ARC hires, and I do a lot of work with ARC. You hear them on my show frequently. And this kind of reminds me, uh, this is a patient-turned-employee situation. Dave, you want to give any more info on it? Well, no, this is just a super cool story. This guy is, uh, he's genuinely inspirational as far as if you think that you, just because you have a disability, you have an excuse to not achieve something or that you can't or something. Or this you guy can show that, you that, that you, you can. Just, you can't think you can't achieve something because, oh, I'm not as smart as my brother. I'm not as good at that. I mean, there's so many of us right. that have talents and gifts that doubt ourselves yeah. and take these labels on from our childhood and believe that when someone told us we weren't as smart as so-and-so or, oh, you can't do that, we believe them. And so if this guy can do it, we certainly can right, as right. well. Right, There's been a lot of stuff like this in the, in the news too lately. I don't know if you heard about the, we'll look it up later, but there's a restaurant, they got a complaint that they had a Down syndrome, somebody with Down syndrome working there. Oh my and they put up this thing and they said, no, we, we hire all of God's children and oh. this is how we're always going to operate. And th- it's funny because I was thinking about all the different places that have people with down syndrome or people with different abilities uh you know d- disabilities to working there that they all seem like they have a special character that make them even more enticing to go to well uh, lloyd lewis the ceo of arc says that they have a special ingredient and that their ambassadors add this heart and love right. and cheerfulness <laughs> and brightness to their organization and it really creates an atmosphere where people are so satisfied with their work and this guy is exactly like that when Nathan Simons goes to work at Boston Children's Hospital, his yeah, sunny optimism it, may be the most you, contagious bud? condition there. How's it going, dude? And he has good reason oh, to smile. <laughs> Nathan is the first person in the Down Syndrome Clinic's 50-year history to be hired full-time, who go. has also been a patient there. How does it feel to be full-time now? I just love, full, I just love working full-time. Here, he escorts patients to their rooms. You're right here, bud. And handles administrative tasks. I make copies. Oh, good. Yeah, like like three each. Showing how kids with Down syndrome can lead full, productive lives as adults. And do you think you can teach these kids something special because you understand what they've been through? They look up to me because I'm a good role model to them. They see me being independently living on my own. Doctors say for the patients and their parents, Nathan is a symbol of hope. 
For young families who don't know a lot about what the future will bring for their children, he shows an example of what things can be like. Parents of children at the clinic say Nathan's independence is an inspiration for a condition that affects more than a quarter million Americans. When we found out the Bentley had Down syndrome, our doctor was not very positive. And just to see different people with Down syndrome just doing so great, it's really like very hopeful. I got a check it here thinking about it just because um, the future of Down syndrome is so far. And it went from a scary time to an absolute joy. Showing that with a little hard work and lots of love, nice. anything is possible. I just feel proud, very proud of my job. I'm just so happy to be here. Very proud of my job and so happy to be here. Talk about somebody happy to go to work. No kidding. You know, half of the workforce in, in today's society is angry about where they work, yes. right? Yes. They, they, they don't like where they're at, yes. they're unhappy. And here's a young man whose happiness just bubbles over. Yes. And, and he's grateful for his position. That's mm. a lesson for all of us. Yes. You know, we um, interviewed um, Tim Harris a few years back. And at the time, Tim Harris had Down syndrome. At the time, he had a place called Tim's Place. And uh, it's a restaurant where he had like a hug counter. And he would um, hug it. He, he it's would, a hug counter. He would, he would um, click it every time he hugged somebody that came to the restaurant, and that was what he was known for—that he would hug, you know, every customer. Uh, Tim's place in Albuquerque, service with a smile and a hug. And so his dad had actually thought, "Wow, you know, Tim has done so well." Uh, at th this restaurant where he worked, the manager's like, are you kidding me? Every time Tim works, our profits go up that night like 10 to 20 percent mm -hmm. because people come in here specifically to see him mm -hmm. to get a hug. So they come in to eat on the night he's here. And the dad thought, well, that might work for us for our own business, mm -hmm. you know, because he wanted to get Tim prepped for the years when, you know, the parents worry when they're gone, what will their son or daughter with Down syndrome do? And so they started Tim's Place. And uh, I asked Tim, you know, how do you have energy for um, uh, all those hugs? And he said every night he recharged his Hugginator arms. <laughs> his <laughs> Hugginator yeah. arms. Oh, my That's goodness. Fun. Well, then, actually, they were going to move here. He got a girlfriend here in Colorado, and Tim's place did close. So I've got to do some research and find out uh, what he's doing now. But uh, here's the part that really stood out that just made me uh, tear up. His dad said that... Tim had been so successful, not in business, not just in business, but in life, that the pedi local pediatricians had asked Mr. Harris if whenever there was a parent who had been given the diagnosis of your pregnancy is going well, but we want to let you know that your child, uh, we believe, has Down syndrome. And uh, we would like to see if you'd be interested in speaking with Tim Harris's dad. And so his dad, um, you know, invites them to Tim's place to meet Tim and sit down with them and talk about Tim's life. And he said, Angie, of the people who are pregnant with Down syndrome babies who've come to visit us, we've had a 100% success rate. Mm. And no one that we know of who's met our family and met Tim has terminated their pregnancy. Oh, wow. wow. That is great. That's real good. Wow. wow. Uh, the pediatrician want, wanted them to meet Tim before they made a decision. It's such, it's such a, an encouraging thing to see people recognizing that the folks with Down syndrome and other different abilities have the ability to, to, to change lives and, and businesses. I remember uh, when I was new in radio, uh, Johnny the Bagger, 
came out as a story in 2010. He's a grocery bagger, and in every single bag, he would take time to write a handwritten note of encouragement and oh. drop it in every bag. Oh, that. Right? So that is great. And, and people would line up to go where Johnny the bagger was was bagging. You know, I, there's there's six aisles open for for the cash registers, mm-hmm. and they're like, nope, we'll wait. Wow. We'll wait for Johnny. Wow. And uh, great, great story. I, I, and the line was just like really long. Oh, yeah. They wanted to be in Johnny's line. And they couldn't change it. You, you know, <laughs> that is wow. so yeah. beautiful. I, I almost feel like people, um, we deprive ourselves of love at some times. I mean, and, and right. these, they, they feel such a void. Like you could just hear it in his voice. Like mm-hmm. he just sounds so happy yes. and just so, you know, purposeful and, and, and contagious. They said the most contagious yeah. thing at the hospital and, was him. When was the exactly. last time we sounded like that? Exactly. Right. And I almost feel like we seek that out. We just don't. Um, we need it. They are our fix to some degree of right. like finding that happiness in that day or like Johnny the bagger, you know, right. getting that note and people recognizing that they need that in their life. And we don't, um, sadly, we don't give them the value or the respect or whatever you want to call it that they deserve, but they are truly God sent in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because Agreed. people like this are, are lighting up our days and, um, it's just inspiring. It really is. You know, and there's another another thing that happened to me just today that uh, it's, it's, we're not talking about somebody with a, a disability or anything like that. There's a dog. There is a dog. It's a Chihuahua dog. Uh, his name is Tuna Melts My Heart. <laughs> if you look him up on the inter- internet, I, I kid, you, I kid you not, this is the... Um, he's got a severe overbite or, or underbite. He's, he's a... Well, he's a piece of work. He's a, an, an artistic kind of a dog. And his owner, seeing that he's so different, has decided to create a celebrity personality about this dog, right? I love the dog. <laughs> I laugh every time I see him. And he's dressed up in different things, and he's doing different things. And he brings me such joy. And I shared a picture of him today with with a friend of mine. <laughs> and, <laughs> I love it. And and this girl looked at me and said, that's, that's the awesome. ugliest dog I've ever seen. That's Why so would you show me cute. that? And I'm like, that's the most adorable he's dog. Cute. He's cute. cute. I love it because I went to Tim Harris's, you know, website to find out what happened after, uh, you know, Tim's place, the restaurant. Yeah. And he's a motivational (laughs) speaker. Sorry. Let me see. The dog's oh my the dog, dog pictures are going on. Oh my gosh, now. He's, uh, that overbite is <laughs> tragic yet. Lovely. He has his own oh calendar. It's so funny. All right, Angie, you so, were saying. So, Tim Harris uh, is a motivational speaker now, so he doesn't have Tim's place right now. And he uh, wrote on his Facebook Hey, everybody, today I got to hang out with Kennedy Garcia, and she has an awesome ability just like me. I love it that he's like an awesome ability because she has Down <laughs> yeah. syndrome too. Aww. And then he posted about his parents couple days ago it says hey everyone i really love my mom and dad because they loved me first when i was being born my mom gave me the greatest gift of all it's love and most important influence in my childhood is my dad i love my mom and dad oh hashtag snuggles hashtag (laughs) share the love hashtag family hashtag yay Hey, I, I have to say, like, love can even melt the heart of a drill sergeant because we had our hug fest at Whatever. dinner one night. Amen. And look at that smile from the drill sergeant. Gosh, I love <laughs> it. Oh, my gosh. You. One time Beatrice came over and she pretended to be jealous that my friend, that my daughter, pardon me, Hope, uh, had loved someone else as much as Beatrice. Oh. And so Beatrice was running from Hope to get away from because Hope always tries to hug her. So um, then Hope tackled her and they were rolling around in my living room. <laughs> 
floor. And she and Beatrice is like, no, you can't hug me. You can't. And so they're rolling around my living room floor, the drill sergeant of life, Beatrice Bruno, and my 11-year-old daughter, Hope. And finally she got her. And you should have seen Beatrice's face. She was just Aww. beaming from ear to ear because Hope tackled her yes. to give her love. Hello. My babies. Angie had them by surrogate, but they're my children. Hallelujah. Oh, gosh. It's so funny. Oh. I love it. That's oh, love is a beautiful story, thing. I could yes. just see you walking in the in the house. Running from her. Look, look out, boo. <laughs> Sar- Sergeant's in town. Oh, Those no, are my no, babies. The funniest thing is when Riley was at Thanksgiving, Beatrice was over. It was Thanksgiving or Christmas, and we uh, told Riley to load the dishwasher, and then he threw his body oh to gosh. the ground. I'd like to see it, want to load it, and Beatrice was like, she goes, oh, Lord, Lord. Lord, hallelujah, Lord, help that you gotta stop that boy. Oh, child, oh, child, you I'm gotta southern. stop that I grew now. up in South Carolina. What can I say? It She's comes like, out. She goes, you get yourself up off the floor. That's gotta end now. <laughs> That's right, rolling around because he had to load up the doggone dishwasher. And crying. Oh, my, why I got to do it? I just don't understand. Well, boy, you better get your behind up off that floor. What's wrong with you? You've got a dishwasher. Uh, dish, you Come got on. a dishwasher. It shows you, though, how comfortable my kids are with Beatrice, that they'll be their real, you know, like, selves, you know, that they'll present their true faces in front of her. Yeah. I'm like, oh, get off the floor. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> my babies. Oh, my gosh. You know, I think that we as a society... We have got to be kinder mm. to each other, to ourselves, so that we can be kinder to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, just looking at the, the story about the Down syndrome um, young man, and, and I just love Down syndrome kids. I really do, because they're so loving. But why can't we just be kind? Mm-hmm. to each other absolutely and let that just spread you know it's so easy to do it, it really is just i mean smile at what a does stranger. it what does it cost me to smile at zero. you zero okay i may not know you but why can't i just smile right. or just say hey how you doing right why why can't we do this I, I i don't understand and i mean you know we've come so far as the united states of america but we've got so much further to go Amen. because if we can't just be kind just for the sake of being kind right then What's the point? You know, I work on another show called Hope Illuminated, and it's uh, hosted by this famous uh, psychiatrist, uh, and she specializes in stopping suicide. And our latest episode was really cool. It's this guy. He's a doctor. He's a neuroscience doctor, but he's also a Native American who grew up in Appalachia. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wow. he was like as poor as you could be growing up, and now he's this neuroscience d- p- double PhD. He had the coolest, most awesome personality, but his whole message was community, kind of what you're yeah. talking about. I mean, yeah. kindness. But he's like, he's like, it's amazing how even in the densest parts of the world, there's no community anymore, and everyone yeah. feels so disconnected, and that there's special neuroscience things that happen, brain responses that happen when you're with other people. Mm-hmm. And when you experience something, and, and it's compounded by the amount of people and the amount of love you have around you. So if something happens that's important and you're by yourself, it's not as important to you as yeah. if you're surrounded by people that you love. Yeah. And that we need to build this community together, and we always have to be doing it. And I just thought it was a really cool, powerful message. Well, I think as parents, we have to have the courage to say no to our kids. And, you know, I turn my kids' apps off all the time. So right. that they have a dumb phone instead of a smartphone, and all they can do is call and make it and text. It's I harder. saw this. I saw that, that. You know the little coffee boards, you know, in front of the coffee shops. There was one that didn't have Wi-Fi. I said, "We don't have Wi-Fi. Deal with it. Call your mother." 
That's great. So and so I I I know too. I did it last night. You know, I said to my husband, I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot to turn off Riley's uh, apps. I go wait for it. It'll be about 30 seconds, and that's when I turn them off. And then you go, ah, oh, the, <laughs> the dishwasher. They're yelling from upstairs. <laughs> And then you're like, dude, you weren't even supposed to have them on. Like, you tricked me. You're supposed to hang your phone up when you get home. Like, on that, we have one area where all of them get charged, you know. And I just turned them off at the school because I'd given them for the bus this morning. And you can put timers on it and everything. And I think as parents that we get lazy and it's easier to uh, let them sit in the corner with their phone than deal yeah. with, um, you know, their problems at school or that they don't want to do homework or they don't want to read a book or that, you know, they, they want to make something different for dinner that if you set them in the corner with their phone you really don't have to parent mm -hmm. and then you yeah. certainly don't have to be the bad guy who turns off their apps or tells them they can't use their phone and I think it's lazy parenting like all my um, ki my kids will say um uh, well the neighbor kid said that um I'll call him Bobby Bobby says you're not really good for parents because you're not good at giving me things because he has oh an Apple goodness. watch wow. he, he's in fourth grade and he has an Apple watch and an iPhone and my daughter doesn't have a phone and so he said well you're not very good at giving uh, me things I said um, wow. I said, just because parents get permissive parents, give their kids a lot of things doesn't make them better parents, right. but it's easier to say yes, because saying no requires work and the pushback and their it's bad parenting. It's and like getting and them to anger. clean up. Right. right. Getting them to clean up is a perfect example. It's of that, harder clean, than cleaning. Clean up Getting them to clean is harder than cleaning. Yeah. I'll give you something. I'll give you a timeout right now. <laughs> we set the timer for an hour every weekend to clean. And it's like, I'm like, are you ready for it? Yeah. And he's like, I'm ready. I'm like, all right, set the timer. Hey, everybody, come on down. And then we give assignments out. And there's such pushback. But then when we're done, the whole house is clean in one hour. Right. Because there's six of us and we all work. And so, you know, you get the pushback. But... You know what? It's nice to live in a house that you don't look like hoarders. Right. right. You know? And, but it takes work to be a good parent. Like we need Marie Kondo over here. Well, yeah. you're not popular. When you're a good parent, you're really not very popular. I don't mind being right. unpopular. I'm just It saying, can be difficult, too, because you don't want to mess mind. up. You don't, you don't want to be mad all the time. But they well, got to be. But it's too interesting. Bad. Well, right. but I think also, too, maybe in the moment, you may not be that popular parent. But I know, like, my kids are now 14 and 21. And, boy, I love it when other parents tell my kids, oh, I love having you over. You're so awesome. You're so polite. You're so right. respectful. Yep. Yeah, that's what good parenting does from when you start from the beginning. That's like, right. That's right. You, you create these amazing people that's right. um and we that's our job as parents is to kind of create these individuals and that when will give did, back to our community and when did kids products stop, yes. <laughs> when did kids stop talking to parents like i'll be at swim oh, team practice I and i know some of these kids since they were in kindergarten and they walk by like they've never seen me on the face of the earth and i watch my kids stop by what? hi mrs smith hi mrs jones hey how's your husband doing is he out of the hospital and oh, oh hey it was nice to see you on church last weekend i loved your cookies or whatever at least they're still calling them mrs usually it's you know hey joe Right. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. or even Miss Barbara, Miss the No, I was taught that I, I still call actually people that I've known since my childhood Mrs. Smith. That's right. You Mrs. Bet. this, Mrs. that. Yeah, it feels odd for me to actually use uh, their first name. First name. Even yeah. at 52, it feels odd. 
Yeah. It's it's interesting because you know everybody parents differently, and I don't yeah. mind so much what they call me, but just have respect and respect. Be, yeah, talk to people, say Good hello, concept. look people in the eyes, like yes. the actual eyes. That's a I big think, one for me. I think these devices are really going to harm our children mm -hmm. in the long they run are, and right their right. ability to I communicate with it, others. In the other show, I thought it was mentioned too. Uh, someone mentioned that these are allowed on the schoolyard. Can't believe I just said schoolyard like I'm yeah, seventy. Not in <laughs> not in elementary school. They're not. What? They're really kept away. But in middle school and high school, they're allowed to carry them around. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Wow. Right. Hey, we've got a lot of things going on. Uh, Jericho Girls is a women's ministry Donna has. Beatrice Bruno is doing a lot of speaking events, particularly on grief and loss and forgiveness. Uh, just wonderful events. Uh, and Beatrice Bruno on Facebook. Uh, we've got Barbara and uh, Lupe. They have uh, the Second Act BizCon for women over 40 who want to do that next thing with their lives and their career. And Eric Raymer, who's doing PR, if you want people to know you better, if you need a new website, and he's got the uh, Water to Wine event where he's going to be doing his illusion work. All of these things that are going on, if you want to reach out to any of my guests, go to AngieAustinRadio.com and then click on Contact Us, and then you can email me and I'll contact you with my guests. We'll be right back. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. All right, I have Melissa. She's an ambassador with ARC. You know I love ARC. I get great deals there, but the money goes back to the community and helps so many people. Melissa, tell me about ARC. ARC is just an amazing foundation who helps people with intellectual disabilities, and it's just amazing. I love working there. I've worked there for almost five years. Well, and I feel like there's a family environment there. Now, when I shop at ARC, we always say shopping with a purpose. So let's say I spend $10 at ARC, but how does it help other people? When you buy stuff at the ARC, it helps people with intellectual disabilities. It helps the community. I like working at the ARC thrift store. It's really fun. So well, I think you have such a fantastic personality. I think one of the best things about ARC are the ambassadors like yourself because I think you guys are the heart of the organization. And I find so much positivity, encouragement, and I want ARC to come to my house with a truck. What do I call? You call 303-238-JANE. Again, the number is 303-238-JANE. The website is arcthrift.org. Again, it's arcthrift.org. You rock, Melissa. Thank you for coming in to talk to me about art. Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will have you looking and feeling your best. Roxy O'Brien transforms lives using a non-surgical revolutionary treatment called Cool Sculpting that targets, freezes, and eliminates fat cells in the areas of your body that are resistant to diet and exercise. With this non-invasive and effective procedure, you will start to see a difference fast. And the best part is that as a Good News listener, you will receive a buy three, get one free special on your Cool Sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to Rejuvenation on the Rocks that's Rejuvenation on the ROX.com to start your cool sculpting package and be sure to tell Roxy that you are a good news listener to receive your special pricing deal. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to The Good News. If you like The Good News program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would 
would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on Contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie Austin, Mike Opelka, and career coach Martin Yate, author, speaker as well. And uh, Mike, this makes sense to us. It's about, you know, how to whether the 50 years survive the 50 year span of a typical working life. And a lot of people end up out of a job or a recession hits. And I think about, I always think about my wife's husband and 27 years in, his job was either going to change or end or something. And men, even more than women, Mike, as you know, They're very attached to their identity surrounding the job. And I believe this was a big part of why he he decided to end it all. He ended his life over this big change. And I think we need to prep for the changes that come in our careers because we're not like our parents getting the 50-year watch for our jobs, right? Well... You you confused me there. You said your wife's husband? Oh, sorry. My friends. Did I say wife's husband? <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, was there a memo I missed? Oh, my gosh. What? I hope I'm not getting newsheimers. Um, so many <laughs> news stories swirling around in my head. No, my, my friend's uh, husband, my really good friend's husband. And I was with her when she got the call. And I remember we'd been talking about these changes going on and how upset he was about the future of his career. And Martin, you know, many of us identify by what we do, particularly here in the States. Like, it's who we are. It's because that's where we spend the majority of our waking hours. And we were raised on this belief that star at the bottom, be loyal, work hard, and everything's just being fine and dandy. But if you go to, uh, you check out list of recessions on Wikipedia, you will see that recessions come by with incredible regularity every seven to ten years. Uh, The last four have all topped out at about 9% unemployment. The Great Recession was 10%. You know, and, and that was just uh, uh, nerve-wracking for everyone. Uh, the first time technology came into play was in the 1980-82 recession, which Wikipedia identifies as two. Um, and that's when we first saw computers coming on, onto the desktops. Uh, this means that corporations always use recessions to introduce new technology. We are due, if you stay in touch with the mainline news, everyone's talking about a recession in 20 or 21. And, um, we've got to be ready for that. And this time, it's going to be the first time we experience the major implementation of artificial intelligence and robotics in the workplace. Now, very reliable uh, resources say that AI and robotics on their own are going to replace upwards of 30% of all jobs at all levels in all recessions. So if you're in the middle of a work life and you know this, you've got to go, holy crap, Batman, I've got to do something. I've got to approach life differently. And uh, i got some comments I'd like to make about that. Well, uh, you're, you're bringing up really good data here. 
And what Martin's talking about is we celebrated just recently the 10-year anniversary of a bull market, which means our stock market has been roaring for 10 years. And that never goes up without having an adjustment eventually. You know, no staircase only goes up. There's always a little bit of a down and it may level out. So there is a shift coming, a, a change. And when you bring in the technology, the AI technology, you bring in an astounding reality. And I always tell everybody, Martin, you know, everybody says to me, aren't you worried about the, the robot revolution? I say, no, learn how to repair robots. And you'll <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense to me, you know. We, we've got to adapt. This is going to be as big a change as the Industrial Revolution. When we all moved from uh, our little villages and we all had a pig and chickens and grew our vegetables, there's going to be a post-Industrial Revolution of the way we live our lives. Because these, uh, these recessions go deeper and take longer to recover from. And this time, when we recover from this next recession, the, there are going to be less jobs and more contracting jobs. And what does contracting jobs mean? No benefits, less job security. But we can survive. We've just got to stay ahead of the curve. You've got to have a mind like Mike. Okay, learn how to fix robots. Well, <laughs> right? and that, learn how to clean. And that kind of goes along, the, uh, you know, as far as the surviving the 50 years of your career, because there's a good chance there'll be changes. Just some of the points we're going to talk about, obviously, that was uh, under Think Entrepreneur, like an entrepreneur, uh, as Mike mentioned, fixing the, the robots and defending the job you have. Um, increasing self-sufficiency, you know, thinking like a corporation of one. So let's start with that whole how to think like an entrepreneur. Mike had a good idea. And then you've got uh, how to bring in a buck. Um, it, it, what does it say? How, how, how can I bring a buck? How can I bring a buck in my own front door in advance of the rainy days? And, uh, and there's, a, there's a couple of things we can all do. Um, I got to know a, a, a woman who had adopted five children, didn't have nearly enough money for it. So she started selling junk on eBay and then Instagram. She's got a six-figure business. We've all got houses full of junk. All of us. You can sell. There was a guy had 20 mattress springs, just the springs from the old mattresses, uh, which he put on eBay for a joke. I think there's still half a dozen left, which means he actually sold some of these stupid, <laughs> useless, ridiculous things. Right. So we can bring in money by that. And that's making us think and act like an entrepreneur. Right. Um, we can use how Airbnb, everyone's heard of it. You can do Airbnb anywhere. Right? And, and I think the big thing I would add to this is increasing self-sufficiency, whether you live in the country or the city. Now, I live in the country, and uh, I've got a regular house. I mean, I should own a small island in the Caribbean, but I've had so many divorces. Oh. Um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> right, And I got involved in this about four years ago. And if you come to my house, I have two peach trees, an orange tree, a tangerine tree, a lime tree, a lemon tree. I have a grove of bananas. I have chickens. I'm thinking of turning my swimming pool to raise tilapia or trout so that I can not only swim in it, I can sit there and catch fish in an armchair. Are you serious? <laughs> 
I'm absolutely serious. And we should be growing vegetables, not flowers. I, I, I mean, I grew up in a village of 250 people. Everyone had a pig. Everyone had chickens. Everyone grew their own vegetables. Now, I'm talking as a homeowner doing this. Let's say you live in a city. And New York is a wonderful example of this. All cities, all towns own a lot of property that is lying idle, which they will make available for community gardens absolutely free. And you and a few like-minded people can start becoming more self-subsistence if all you've got in your apartment is a window box. You can have a producing small holding. And we're going to see not only the increase of that, but people taking these lots and doing one thing in it, like aquaculture. You know, instead of growing onions and carrots and peas and potatoes, they will build a pool and they'll raise tilapia. All these things can be done. And if you get ahead of the curve, I mean, I don't pay anyone to mow my lawns. I don't pay anyone to fix stuff. I do it all myself. And it is lowering my costs and it increases my self-sufficiency. I get a dozen eggs a week. Plus, I have these wonderful punk rock, punk rock chickens running around. Well, that that sensibility is contagious and needs to be shown to people because you can learn to grow stuff at any age, and that skill never leaves you. And there's a certain amount of confidence you develop because you understand you're self-sufficient, whether it's you know how to fish, you know how to start a fire, you know how to boil water, you know how to grow stuff. All of that leads you to being a more confident person and more able to go in and adapt to any situation anywhere. Yeah, I absolutely right. I love this idea of the increasing self-sufficiency, as Martin, you mentioned, uh, you know, prepping for the rainy days. Um, Mike does these interesting things where something becomes trendy or cool. He'll have like a T-shirt made and sell them. My son sells uh, things. There you go. On, uh, on eBay, I think he's on Poshmark, eBay, and uh, um, a goat where they sell a lot of G-O-A-T, like a goat where they sell a lot of shoes that you've worn that you can resell. And then yeah. de- defending your job skills, defending your own job that you have already, be being more and more um, uh, educated and prepared uh, for the changes that come in the marketplace so you won't lose your job. This is all great info, Martin. Do I have time to make a quick comment about yes. that, defending the job you have? Uh, it means becoming the best you possibly can, um, but it doesn't mean sending out emails at 6 in the morning and 10 at night, working all your hours. You put in a good job, and those emails that the company expects to receive at 8 or 9 if you're working, you get done during working hours and just pop them out before you go to bed and first thing when you get up in the morning. Concentrate on building skills rather than pursuing promotions is, is really serious advice. The higher the ladder you climb, the fewer the jobs you are, the more your responsibilities become management, which is like being a telephone polisher in the world we're entering into. You have less skills that can actually bring money in your own front door. And so develop skills that might have applications elsewhere, and at the very least that will help you get a contracting job. 
which are going to increase. Right. And don't worry about becoming a vice president because they're thrown out by the bushel full in their mid I've never heard advice like, don't climb the ladder too far. All right, Martin, where do we get your <laughs> give us your website address <laughs> real quick? Come to Knock 'em Dead. We do coaching, we do resumes, and there's lots of books and free advice and videos. Knock 'em Dead. Thanks, Martin. Hey, God bless, guys. Have a great week. Take care. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two, and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things, and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. Having fun in the mountains is easy year-round with YMCA of the Rockies. Come fill your spring days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Estes Park Center, we love spring in the Rockies. This year, YMCA spring break activities start on March 8th. The fun never stops at the YMCA of the Rockies spring break. Get out there and enjoy some springtime hiking and activities like wildlife and ecology classes, guided hikes into Rocky Mountain National Park, or even fun and entertaining bug classes for the kids. YMCA Estes Park is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your spring break with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures. At YMCA of the Rockies, go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Welcome back to the good news. All right, there's been a lot of discussion during the last few years about how new 5G tech will change our lives. And you may have heard that 5G has arrived. Joining us today in this sponsored interview, Mike Haberman, Vice President of Network at Verizon. And he's here to explain what 5G is, what it's not, when consumers can get it, and what the transition to 5G is going to mean for all of us. Welcome, Mike. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, let's just start off with the basics. What is 5G? Sure. Um, first of all, 5G is an acronym. So just to define what it is, um, it's really the fifth generation uh, wireless technology. 4G, um, that's fourth generation was LTE. And if you go all the way back to 1G, that was uh, that was analog. Um, so the fifth generation and, and why it's different than the fourth generation is typically with each um, G, if you would, um, the speed increases by typically a factor of 10. And what we're seeing with 5G is it's going to be well excess um, and increasing the uh, speed by a factor of 10. The second thing that it's going to bring to the table, and I'm, I'm going to introduce a technical term, but I'm going to define it. It's going to improve latency dramatically. And what do I mean by latency? Latency is the time it takes for the information to get from your smartphone to the network and back to your smartphone. And with 5G, we're out to do that in a blink of an eye. So what that really means is we want to make it real time. 
as opposed to the other technologies where it was, you know, sort of real time, but not really real time. Hmm. So that's certainly a differentiator for 5G. And then the third thing is 5G was built so you can integrate a lot of devices into it. So think uh, Internet of Things. So think sensors that are 5G enabled, cameras that are 5G enabled, pavement that's 5G enabled, uh, metering that's 5G enabled. Everything can be 5G enabled, and the 5G system was built to be able to support that type of load, that type of density of devices. Wow. So, you know, the question is, what does that mean to the consumer, right? Those are all attributes of the system. But when it really comes down to it, what does it mean to people, both businesses and consumers? Well, the first thing is, um, you know, you, you probably heard a little bit about this, but smart cities, you know, the ability to manage traffic, the ability to manage pollution, the ability to manage lights, the ability to manage garbage, all the services that the city offers, all of a sudden is being able to take to another level because of all this 5G connectivity. Another example would be augmented reality, virtual reality. We have versions of that right now, mm-hmm. but um, wouldn't it be cool because of your high bandwidth and low latency, um, instead of driving that two hours to that meeting, um, I do a virtual reality session and I get all the same feel from being there in person. I can see the impression on people's face when you talk to them, their reactions to things that you say and all that sort of stuff. So VRAR becomes much more real. And to that matter, you look at something like immersive education. Um, wouldn't it be cool if you were in a classroom and you'd be able to use AR, VR and be able to experience anything in the world from your classroom? I mm-hmm. mean, that's a game changer. Education is certainly near and dear to my heart. And then you go to other things that are out there that, that you've heard of that are in the market. You look at like autonomous vehicles, right? And we have autonomous vehicles out there. And the way they work is you have, you know, a car that has a lot of gear in it to make decisions for you. Um, but wouldn't it be cool, though, um, if the the smarts in the car was actually in the network? At least some of the smarts were in the network, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because what you could do if you do that is then I can leverage, for example, the cameras and cities and the other sensors in the area and feed more information back to the car. And an example would be if I'm coming up to an intersection, right, and a car coming the other way in the intersection perhaps doesn't see the stop sign, is not stopping, and it's obstructed from the vehicle because it may be a building or a tree or something else. But I can feed that information back to the car real time so it knows that somebody's coming at it and will hit it. Um, unexpectedly. You could do the same thing for pedestrians walking on a sidewalk. If they make a maneuver that pulls them out into the road, you know, the car can adjust to it because it's all real time. So those are just a few of the applications. Remote surgery, gaming is part of it. Um, The bottom line is you can be a lot more efficient with all that you're doing and, and improve everybody's lives. Okay, so now we know what, what 5G can do, which is amazing. So what about getting it, and will all of our devices work with it, like our older devices? Sure. Um, first of all, let me be very clear. The older devices, the 4G um, LT devices, 
um, you know, that's great technology. We're continuing to deploy it, continuing to develop it, so that will continue to be in the network for a long time to come. So no, no, no worries there. Um, as far as um, 5G, um, so the specifics of the deployment is we are deploying um, 5G, true 5G ultra-wideband in more than 30 markets, and we are announcing Chicago and Minneapolis as the first two of the 30 that we're announcing, and we'll announce the others as we go along in 2019. Um, and uh, so, so that will be available. Um, and then what we're offering is that um, the Motorola Z3 with a mod, um, you can pre-order that um, tomorrow, March 14th. You can go in, you can pre-order it, and then we'll fulfill the pre-order on April 11th. So then you'll have the Motorola Z with a mod, and then you will be able to use uh, 5G in those markets. So that's why 5G is really real, because now you got a device, um, and you have a network for it to work on. Wow. So the rollout is starting. So Chicago and Minneapolis, and we don't know which you got it. after that. We have not announced. I can tell you, though, that Verizon has continued to be a leader in this space for 4G, 5G, and all the previous technologies. Mm -hmm. um, so we will be aggressive with doing it. We were the first to deploy 5G home in the four markets that's active with customers right now. So 5G home is active and working. Um, and you can expect us to be aggressive. Um, we've been working with a lot of the cities across the country, um, you know, to, uh, to implement 5G and, and cobbling together the assets to make that happen. Well, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it coming to the, the big city near me. Uh, and uh, we want to get more info. Where do we go to get that? Um, on our website, verizon.com slash 5G. Um, you, we put up that, that website is packed with information. It has all the markets. Uh, it has the markets as we launch them. It has even some details in the coverage with inside Chicago and Minneapolis and all the things that we're offering, including the, the Motorola Z3 and the uh, other two products that announced uh, that are going to be available sometime shortly, the Samsung S10 5G and the Go hotspot. Well, we've got listeners in both of those big markets, so uh, looking forward to all of that. Thank you so much. Exciting uh, news, and I had no idea 5G did so much. So thanks for that, Mike. Take care, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.